Hi, everybody. Oh, my okay. God. It's 21. It's 21. It's 21. It's 21. Day 21. Day 21. Uh, 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 we did it. We did it. I Sorry. know. We did so it. Excited. Look, y'all. There were some days I didn't know if I was personally going to make it all the way to the 21 days with you. <laughs> but Black women, we are extraordinary. Listen, <laughs> uh, I want to say we started listen. today's call, Morgan. We started today's call with Queen by Janelle Monet and Erica Badu. Literally, they were, if there were, they were the, the official soundtrack to any Afrofuturism conversation must include Janelle Monet and Erica Badu. I thought they were the perfect yes. kind of daughters of Octavia Butler to start us off on this last yes, day, day twenty one of Black History Bootcamp. Perfect. How are you feeling? Woo scared because I don't know none of it. Listen, you know what I know about Octavia Butler? I just be like, yes, black futurism. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know, I know I know like two look, titles of her book. That's it. I don't know nothing else look, to teach me. <laughs> look. I'm kinda I was teaching myself. First of all, before we knew we were gonna do Black History Bootcamp, I actually had just picked up and read um her novel Kindred. It was actually a, a hard read for me for one reason or, or another. So I actually have just finished um the book and I'm and in studying about her. God, Morgan, there's just so much to talk about. I want to get into it, and I will teach you about her, because in teaching about Octavia Butler and her vision for the future, we are inviting every single woman on the phone to be co-authors in a new world um, where Black women and our feelings and our voices are centered. That's what Octavia Butler was uh, calling us to do. So, And her um, career and the work that she did was beautiful. So let's get into it, because I actually, look, I got some conversation for you today. Look, some conversation for that. Hey, look, let's get into it, y'all. Oh, the beautiful. Personal thing. I got a personal thing. Since we're talking about the black future, I got kicked out of my apartment in Africa. I need to get a new apartment. I went and looked at two apartments today. Why you get kicked out? Why you get kicked out? Why you get kicked out? You can't tell part of the story. I'll be praying Luther Vandross too loud. But listen, here it is. I can either get this bomb apartment that looks like Manhattan, Florida ceiling windows. You open it up, the doors swing open, and you can see the sea, okay? The ocean. Okay. Okay. Option For one. For the same price, I can be in the best hip neighborhood in this little yellow house that's kind of outdoor with gardens, with kind of outdoor indoor living. One floor. This no ain't reason. even a question, Morgan. We done spent a whole 21 days talking about the power of collectivism and community. You got to go to the neighborhood where the people are so you can source your energy from them. No, sorry. White, black women who live by the sea are lonely. Sorry, no. I'm just going to just put it out there and you need to have friends. So that's not possible. You're going to be all sad looking into the horizon. No, 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 no. No. I promise you, I did not plant this. But didn't Octavia Butler um, pass away, like, um, on the Eastern Shore? I'm not on the Eastern Shore, but in South Carolina somewhere? No. She actually no? passed away in, in my hometown of Seattle, Washington. Oh, um, she did. I'm thinking of another. Yeah, okay. and it was actually unexpected. She was only 58 years old, and she was at oh, the height man. of her career. And she had actually had one of her most powerful coaches. Like she said, she saw herself as a writer at 10 and at 80. So she she unexpectedly passed away at the age of 58. She had moved to Seattle. My heart, um, I love any Black woman who decides she's moving to Seattle. Um, she had a <laughs> look. Look, let's, we're going to get into all of it. Well, okay, Morgan, I'm actually gonna, thank you for that. Yes. Here's what you need to know. 
feels that every hello everyone. I have to like hello everyone. Welcome to our conversation. Like, did we even say that? I don't even know because I just love talking to you at twelve o'clock. But we're, this on, is not a conversation on, between the two of us. Yeah. This is a twenty-one day walking meditation. Just take one step at a time. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Like, get more formal. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Get meditated. Set your intentions, y'all. Black girls are from the future. Morgan, I have been saying this for forever. We have already known it. It is what the whole Daughters of campaign is about. We are not just looking to our past. We are looking to our past because our ancestors, our foremothers have already been here in this present moment, facing this level of oppression, facing this level of resistance. They already designed all the strategies, figured out all the tools and the secrets, and they brought it back over time to help us navigate. That's why now more than ever, we needed this 21 days. Octavia Butler knew that. She wrote Parable of the Sower, Morgan. I want to say it was in 19, I don't even have my notes in front of me, 1983. Here's what Parable of the Sower was one of her most famous books. It's set in Los Angeles in 2024. So she's a science fiction writer writing about the future, but we are in the future now. In her book, she predicted global warming that had brought a drought and rising seawaters, the middle class and working poor living in gated communities and trying to fend off the homeless people and the poor people with guns. She uh, envisioned a world where fresh water would be scarce, where pharmaceutical companies had created smart drugs that were doing all sorts of things to us, where we had to pay a ridiculous amount for police services that we didn't trust, where the schools have become privatized, where whole towns have become privatized, and where the country was being ran by a maniac named Christopher Donner, who was elected on the promise of making America great again. I'm not even making this up. Octavia Butler wrote the present 30-something years ago. The power of this Where's story that? is not- Because she's a seer. Yeah, because she's a seer. But the yeah, we are seers. We are seers, and she saw this. But here's what she mainly what she saw, Morgan. The power of the story for me was not in the world that she described, which is exactly the world we're living in. It was the young black girl heroine of the book. And let me tell you, because she described and envisioned a future where a young black girl would be the hero. She described a future where this young black girl got prepared to go to battle, Morgan, to survive and fight for her future by doing a couple of things. In the book, she practices her aim with her BB gun because she's like, I got to get ready. Hear me out, black woman. Octavia Butler gave us a, a recipe. She said, practice your aim with your BB gun. Then the Black girl collected maps and books on how Native Americans used plants. Hear us Black girls return to the earth for both your medicine and your food. Then this Black girl, Morgan, developed her own belief system, her own religion that she created like out of Darwinism called Earth Seed. But it was a combination. It was a collective of spiritual practices, things that she had gleaned from Africa, from her secular life, all sorts of things that she created because she knew she needed a belief system. That is the power of Octavia Butler's world, is that she understood we would be here, but her future was centered on how we as Black people not respond to the oppression, but how we center ourselves, our talents and our skills, liberate ourselves, celebrate ourselves, not in relation to white people, but just because we are in relation to each other. 
She did this in a glorious career, Morgan, a glorious career where she wrote over mm. 11 best-selling books. She won every single award in her category uh, uh, that you could win for a science fiction writer. She won and was awarded the first science fiction writer to be awarded the MacArthur Genius Award. And this is why okay. this is powerful. Yes, when you know her past, she was born in 1947 in Pasadena, California. She was raised by her grandmother and her mother who worked as a maid. Her father was a shoe signer. Who, he shined shoes and died when she was seven. And as a child, she often had to accompany her mother to work at wealthy Pasadena households where her mother was forced to enter through the back door. Her mother, and I love this little tidbit, her mother's name was also Octavia, and Octavia Butler is a junior, and her family called her Junie. I know, oh, we are the daughters. I love that. Look, I love any Black woman who names her daughter after herself. I think it's a practice that more women should pick up. I love it. So Octavia Butler was a junior. From an early age, Morgan, she was, and this is heartbreaking, and I watched so much YouTube video of her over the last couple of days, and I'm going to just have a confession. Her voice is really deep, and it caught me off guard, and I was, I just, everything I thought about, like, because when I read Octavia Butler's books, she has such a grasp of the feminine, of the divine, and her voice was so masculine in the videos, and I found myself judging her, and I'm just putting it out there that we judge each other based off of all sorts of um, uh, concepts that are false, um, and we just need to stop doing that. But I Don't was watching. See, Vanessa, that is genius. Look. The genius is yes. your ability to articulate your full self. That's what I'm saying the masculine yes. the feminine is the divine, and we have the ability yes. to possess it all and yes. match up with other people who help us like make that configuration of God. I'm just letting you know we do. That, that is the future. <laughs> it is the future. But Morgan, the reality is that black girls are living in a world that is hostile to that. And Octavia Butler yeah. was a black woman who was, um, almost paralyzingly shy. She was extremely tall for her age. She had dyslexia. She said in her autobiography that she felt ugly and stupid and clumsy and socially hopeless. She was living in a space that did not, could not even hold her genius or her brilliance. She literally had to write and create a world that didn't exist for herself just to survive, just to survive. And when I was reading when that about her, Yes. Can I please do a PSA on dyslexia for any yes. mama out there who has a child who has dyslexia like I do? And Vanessa doesn't, but she yes. don't know it yet. <laughs> Shut up. I did not. <laughs> for anybody who has dyslexia out there, it means you see the world in a different shape and pattern. And it often yes. means that you are some of the best strategists in the world because you don't see left to right. You see shapes, yes. you see patterns, you see all this kind of genius structure in the world because the world is not flat, logical, or linear. So listen, brilliant people who are dyslexic, know that some of the most brilliant people who have ever walked this earth are dyslexic, that they took a poll of CEOs and I don't know, like 70% in the, in the um, top 100 um, CEOs in the country were dyslexic. I'm trying to tell you that that is a strategic mind. Don't let nobody colonize your mind. So if your child has yes. dyslexia, celebrate her and do a break dance for her. All right. Yes. So for all of the little black girls, Morgan, that were like Octavia Butler and were just like, I, she, she really felt 
not welcome and not seen. So she started having her mother take her to the library where she could actually just escape and find solace. And it was at the library that she got hooked on stories around fairy tales <laughs> and science fiction. What? And she started writing. <laughs> this, what, oh are you laughing at people yeah, about it? No, you was like, Morgan, you was like, Morgan, don't correct me. And I was telling Vanessa, I don't correct you. I want you to live and just be whatever. I just have information. But I have to correct you here. Okay, what did I say? Talk about Octavia Butler and say library. Oh, no, that's like (laughs) Ambulance and birth. Sorry, that's like Ambulance and birthday. You understood what I said. The function of language is to communicate. The function of language is to communicate. And you trying to use language against me when you know I'm at library. (laughs) Is you trying to oppress me with your systems of white language? Know, you're some, right. Some you're whole right, tip. Right, you're right. Right. No, right. I'm just come kidding. On, I'm just kidding. Come, come through li- okay, library. Her mom used to take her to the library. Her mom used to take her to the library, and she started writing. She started writing science fiction as a teenager, and she was hooked on it. Morgan writing in tons of notebooks beautiful fantasized Uh stories that centered her. She then went on to community Mm -hmm. college in Pasadena and she studied writing um, at Cal State and then uh, for a time at, um, at UCLA. But she actually just knew that she wanted to be a writer. And so she started writing just passionately and working odd jobs to fund her writing career. And she said, I was the daughter. I was, she said, I was poor and black and the daughter of a shoeshine man and a maid. And she said, if my mother hadn't put up with all of those humiliations, I wouldn't have eaten very well or lived very comfortably. So I pushed on in my writing because I wanted to write a novel that would make others feel the history and the pain and the fear that black people have had to live with in order to endure in this country. And her every single list, every single one of her books was about that. And yet she was a black woman, the original awkward black girl, writing science fiction. And she was writing science fiction in a white world. One of her first novels, Dawn, it received critical acclaim. And yet the publishers insisted on putting two white women on the jacket of her book because they were like, you black woman cannot be seen in this space. At the same it's time, like Morgan, the five she, all over again. Yes. At the same time, <laughs> she was starting <laughs> to get, look, it's not funny. It's not funny because my office hours are from nine to five. I'm with you on this whole conversation. <laughs> but come on, let's go. <laughs> this day to it's day 21, y'all. We acting up because Octavia Butler was like oh, in the future library to act up. But Morgan, yeah, she started you don't to receive. No formula. You know, she started, started to receive a lot of criticism, though, also internally. And it was something that a lot of people don't realize now because in hindsight, we celebrate her for the genius she was. But there were actually a lot of Black people, especially within the Black power movement and that generation, who were like, our cities are burning right now. And you are over here in a fantasy world talking about some other stuff. But she was like, you don't get it. The world that is burning down is not the world we needed to live in anyways. And I am trying to write and envision a bigger world for us, a world that is not focused on capitalism, a world that honors Mother Earth, 
a world where black people are not incarcerated and drugged and gunned down by gun violence. I am trying to tell the truth about this world so that people know, and I want us to envision a bigger world. And that's the power of an activism that's not always celebrated right now in this kind of Instagram culture of what are you doing immediately on the front lines that you can prove to me. And I just want to yeah, shout out all of that. You can't say I'm imagining a new life for myself to that, to that question. Right. You know what I mean? And imagination as activism is like the dopest, most vital thing that we need. We need a vision for our lives that people can't even see yet. We need, we need, we need visionaries in that way before we need builders. People have to see it before we can build it. They have to see it. Yes. And we need time and we need space. I I can't, I don't want to think of who first said this, but a lot of, I've seen it posted by several black creatives and I actually also feel this all the time. And they were like, the worst thing you can ask an artist is, so what's next? And they were like, damn, like I'm trying to be in this moment of living and experiencing. And yet we put so much pressure on, wow, that book was great. When you coming out, like when we have to have faith as black people to even consider the possibilities, but we are in such a um, mass production kind of mindset where we just push and push and push. So I'm encouraging every woman on this um, call, as I have been encouraging over the last 21 days, align with the spirit of ease and give yourself space to even imagine what the possibilities could be. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of research about that. That essentially, um, I was with, um, shout out to Greg Berman, ally in New York City, he's great, Nation 12. I was at a dinner yeah. with him one time, and there's this really smart guy who was like an astrophysicist or something, and he was saying that genius lies on the other side of boredom. And he was like, yeah. from a neurological perspective, it's actually no wonder that you get your best ideas in the shower because it's the moment you can, you can let go and you can create space in your mind to generate new ideas. But if you're in a constant um, like rat race of trauma, of pain, of, of paying the bills, of, you know, of proving people wrong, all this kind of stuff, you don't have enough space to even generate new ideas in your life. So let's create space. Yeah. Like it's one of the things yeah. I love to meditate on is this notion of space. I'm just like creating mm-hmm. space in my day. Yeah. Total, yeah two, so random, nice. two, two totally random thoughts. First of all, we were once at this Echoing Green Leadership Retreat and we had to like write on our t-shirts. And I remember just feeling crushed by the idea of girl check. Like, I don't know if we could get this idea off the ground. And space was the word I put on my shirt. So thank God for, her, for responding to my desire for space. I just remember that when you said that. And then uh, I want to do a double shout out to Greg Berman, ally at Nation Swell, who ends every single email. This is a lesson for all of us with, um, is there something I can do to help you? It is literally like the best way to end an email. I need to, I want to adapt it personally as a practice. Half the time I don't, we haven't even any answers. But when I tell you, I really appreciate that. And it's just something I believe about the law of attraction in this, in this world that we are living in and like goodness flows to us and goodness flows through us. And he's, he lives that in practice in that way. And I just wanted to uplift it and celebrate it. Um, yeah, it's awesome. He is. But Morgan, we have to get into this. There's a couple of things about Octavia Butler that I want to say is fact. And then I want to get into something that was so powerful about her writing. First of all, okay. she wrote, she said she, she wrote for five years, um, where she received daily rejection letters, but she kept writing. And she was like, mm. forget inspiration. Habit is more dependable. Habit will sustain mm. you whether you're inspired or not. 
She said, habits will finish and polish your stories. Inspiration won't. She said, habit is persistence and practice. I love that because that's what this 21 days is about. It's what this ritual of walking about. When I tell you that people assume that every single day we get up with joy in our feet, ready to hit the pavement and walk, and that's just Mm -mm. a lie. Mm -mm. That most days I just be like, I don't got it today. But that the habit of walking has been so ingrained in me and the support system around the walking that I get from Girl Trek has been so ingrained in me. And walking has literally saved my life. It has saved my life. It is the only thing I can point to over the last 20 years um, that is like when I'm lost, I keep going back to it. So I, it, it, but we need to hear that black woman. It's not always going to be inspiration that gets us from day to day. Well, inspiration comes from the work. I mean, it's ancient wisdom. It's what even the yogis believe about asana, right? Is that you have to do the practice in order to get the fire. You have to do the practice. You have to yes, do the work in order to even that. get the fire into your lungs. When you think about inspiration, it is, it's fire. It's spirit. And so this is spirit work. And so you can't expect to get spirit work on the couch. You just can't. So half the time, look at that. put that on a t-shirt, put that on a t-shirt. You can, on a bumper sticker, at least you cannot expect to get spirit work done sitting on the couch. That was good. Okay. Yeah. No, you cannot, so. you cannot, you cannot. Um, but Morgan, so this is something that Octavia Butler said about her, why she wrote her book, Kindred. And I want to talk about this. I put it in the question for the today in the email. It actually genuinely rubs me the wrong way every single time I see it on social media, but I continue to see it. So she said that she got the idea to write the book, Kindred, which if you haven't read the book, it's about a black woman in modern day, I want to say Los Angeles, who is a writer who ends up getting time transported back to like 1800 something Maryland. And she's literally like forced to survive. And she keeps coming back from the present time to the present time. And each time she's like, how do I get smarter? Because she knows she's going back. How do I survive? What are the tools I need? All the things. And every place on Instagram I look right now, I want to say it's young black millennials who are, who have started this, but I don't want to also blame but there is the t-shirts and the memes that say, I'm not my ancestors. Um, you'll catch these hands. Have you seen that? Yeah. No, I've seen it. I've seen yeah. it. As if Fannie Lou Hamer wasn't the biggest gangster you ever met. <laughs> Morgan. Morgan. So Octavia Butler, exactly. She specifically said she wrote Kindred because a classmate um, who was involved in the Black Power movement, so I'm just going to imagine he was a Black man wearing a beret. I'm just going to say it. Some loudmouth classmate (laughs) who was involved in the Black Power movement was like, you know, what are you doing? And that we need to be way more subversive and we need to, and we need to stop being so subservient like our ancestors were. He was like, the black power movement is now a powerful movement and we're not subservient like our ancestors were. And she was like, okay, bet. So I need to write an entire book for you then that gives you the historical context for this subservience, showing you so that it could be understood that silence was that there was rage, that there was strategy, that we survived, that like all of these things, right? So she was like, I had to literally detail this for people so that through the lens of a Black woman from modern day going back every time, and imagine how you would survive. And that's why the idea that- No, it's why I love that quote. It's why I love that quote. Um, 
they thought they thought we were or they tried to bury us but they didn't know we were thieves. Yes. I actually yes. we went to that to the slave bath. Girl Trek led a trip here to Girl Trek or to um, Ghana last year and we went to the last stop before the the slave castles, the enslaved the castles that enslaved people, let's say that. Um and we went to the bath wash down our ancestors and there was a wall where you could write on it and there was something so powerful about writing that that ancient quote they tried to bury us but they didn't know we were seeds i mean we've been germinating we've been thinking we've been pushing through we've been trying to survive under the most enormous weight so i can't yeah so i can't sign on to those memes or any of that kind of stuff either because i just think it's it's utter disrespect for the for the resistance movements that made us Exactly. And if these 21 days have taught us anything, it's in fact that we are, we are the daughters of warriors, that we are actually the daughters of warriors, and that their warfare was way more sophisticated than fisticuffs and throwing up hands. Like that's something, and we need to acknowledge and honor them and put them in the canons of history like we do all of these other white strategists out there, right? So when we're talking about a Dovey Johnson or, um, or a Marsha P. Johnson, like we need to honor and respect their activism and the strategy behind it and not be split. No, Marsha so P. Johnson was just like um, Joan of Arc. That's all I'm saying. Right. And she, and she threw hands. And she threw hands. And she threw hands. So stop playing. Don't, don't do that to our ancestors. Do not do that to us. So Morgan, this was the most um, beautiful thing I learned about Octavia Butler um, as I was learning about her. It is so powerful. First of all, shout out, look at, look at me being a, look, first of all, shout out to you. You have told me literally for 10 years that I need to get Evernote, but I was like, I like to use a notebook, Morgan, because I'm old school. But you was like, you need to get Evernote. But now I have too many ideas in my head, Morgan, and I got to write them down. And I was like, and the only thing I, I don't, can't be finding my notebook half the time. So I do have Evernote and I've been killing the game in my hey. journaling, my writing, everything. So thank you um, for the resource. I appreciate that. I'm so that. excited yes. about that. No, you're thank such you. a good writer. Yeah. Thank you. So Octavia Butler had journals upon journals upon journals. And here is the most beautiful thing about the journal. Years before, and she dated every journal and she dated every entry. Years before she ever sold a book. Years before anyone was ever even checking for her. She had journals full of affirmations that said, I am a best-selling writer. I write best-selling books, and she yes. and she closed and she closed every affirmation with "so be it, see to it." So yes. be it, see to it. She said she had literally, "I shall be a best-selling writer," written over and over again, and Ooh, then "so be that it, needs to be a see t-shirt. to it." So be it. When so be it, see to it. Black women on this call, start creating a new and imagining a new future for yourself. One that has spaciousness that you can feel in your chest and in your backbones that are so tight right now. Imagine a future for yourself where just like right now, the wind is kissing my skin right now and the sun is kissing it and I feel renewed Imagine a future that rings with justice where your black girls are celebrated, where your black boys are actually able to be masculine and feminine and show up for themselves in the way that we need to. Like, but we cannot do that, Morgan, if we are small. And I, it was so like, when it, I read this, do it. Yes, so yes. It. I was like, this is why we ended on Octavia Butler. She told us yes. this explicitly. 
She said, whatever future you design for yourself, and I believe this is direct from God, and I, I've said this before, the ideas that are planted in your mind, you have the ability to bring them forth. Otherwise, it would not have been planted there. And Octavia, through her journals, was telling you, but see yourself as you are. She was already a best-selling author. We just hadn't bought the books yet. So who are you? And start writing it down and affirming it, Morgan. And so that's what, like, even the writing down of it is so powerful because I think we are afraid to make eye contact with the bigness of our own dreams. Vanessa, do you know why I downloaded Evernote? It's because I started writing our TED Talk seven years before we stood on that stage. Yeah, it was titled that, TED Talk. That. And I wrote yes. the entire thing. Now it changed. I wrote the entire thing. <laughs> and I knew it. Yes. And I waited for them to come. I waited for them to come because I knew yes. we had an idea worth sharing. I knew we had yes. an idea of a million black women walking together that was worth sharing. Listen, yes. so be it, see to it. Your whole entire life, y'all. So be it, see to it. Oh, I love it. Oh, y'all go have me shout I love out it here too. in the streets. I love it too. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Morgan, what's next then? We have come... We're wrapping up this conversation with Octavia Butler, but tomorrow, sisters, join us back on the pavement at this exact same time, because first of all, we're going to do a recap, right? We got to talk about, we got to, look, Black people, we need time to, de to decompress, Morgan, first of all. Can we say this? <laughs> we need time to decompress. Like, culturally, I'm just saying, like, when your friend call you and she's like, girl, like, because we got to tell somebody something, and I need to girl you tomorrow about all the stuff that I have been thinking um, through these 21 days. Reflection. Tomorrow will be a victory lap. So have yourself a nice little drink. I had promised God that I wasn't going to drink and do God's work. <laughs> so I had yeah. promised him. Yeah. God to understand on this victory lap. I'm going to have me a little drink. I'm going to come out to the victory <laughs> lap. <I'm> <laughs> it's going to be good. He likes celebration. Or she... So listen, yes. we're going to do a victory lap. We're going to recap our favorite moments from Black History Boot Camp. If you have favorite quotes, if you had aha moments, please share them with us tonight so that we can include your words, your aha moments in our recap. That will be a lot of fun. And then we will start to discuss what's next. But in the spirit of spaciousness, listen, we got a lot of plans, y'all. We, we could start Black History Boot Camp literally on Thursday again. Because we got a lot of plans, a lot of ideas, but we actually have to practice what we preach. We have to practice, yeah. create spaciousness, space for ideation and imagination, because this is going to be even bigger than any of us imagined, because we're in yeah. it together. So if you have ideas for what Black History Boot Camp can be, should be, ought to be, please share those with us as we are continuing to construct like, the future of this new institution we've created together. It's so exciting. Look, Morgan, I was like, they tried to write us out of the history books, but Black History Boot Camp came through. They tried to write us out of the future, but Octavia Butler was like, I got a whole catalog. Like, we are so amazing. They tried to write us out of every 5K, every outdoor adventure. Look, we like, listen, look, we just go have a Black History Boot Camp where we outside. Look. <laughs> studying Black History. Look. It's so funny. Oh, God, is good. All right, well. God is good. All right, we are going to end about with Octavia some... Yes, and we're going to end, actually, with her voice, her words, um, carrying us out today. She believes that if we focus on these, you know, this long-term, expensive, just energy-consuming, you know, project, family of projects, 
that it'll probably keep us from wiping each other out here on Earth. And in the end, we'll go someplace else. Does this life that you have had uh, and what you've achieved and, and the, the way where you came from make you optimistic about life? The fact that that you have had the journey that you have had or does not, it make you pessimistic sure. about life because you know I'm not sure whether I'm optimistic or pessimistic I know that we can do better than we have because there have been times when we have done better yeah. you know I mentioned the space race but I don't know that we will I know that I want us to do better I want us to focus on other things than um, well, for instance, I, I've been complaining about um, the number of um, would-be leaders who seem to be willing to sacrifice half their country if they can just rule over the rest. I mean, we, we seem to have had, since the end of the Cold War, um, too many people like that. 